so beautiful up here. Like I, I wish we lived out here. Like I wish we could hike every single day. Um, and then Mike said, would you like to hike with me for the rest of our lives? And that's when I like started bawling. If you are all about weddings, love wedding stories, want to hear about how they met, what the proposal was like, how the wedding went, then this is the show for you. We also talk with professionals and they share advice to help you make your wedding amazing. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is April Kelly with Wedding Amazing Podcast. We have a very amazing guest today, Robin Baldwin. Robin is the author of a book called Love Lost Life Sounds, and it's eight steps to healing after calling off your wedding. This book is really amazing. Check it out. It's on Amazon. And today we're going to talk about Robin is getting married in August, but also her perspective of picking up after a wedding that was called off and getting back on her feet and making life even more amazing and all of the things that she's learned through that process. And so we're going to chat with Robin today. Hi, Robin. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, I'm excited to chat with you today. You have such an amazing perspective because of all of the things that you've been through. So let's talk about it. Let's, uh, first of all, I'd like to know uh, what is your fiance's name and what is your wedding date? It's coming up real soon. Mm-hmm. So my fiance's name is Mike and we're getting married on August 17th. That's- um, yeah. So we're, we're really excited. We're getting married outside of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada in um, a little town called Almont at a venue called Evermore. Beautiful. So how did you meet? We met because I came home to Ottawa one weekend for Thanksgiving And uh, I had heard about this obstacle course racing gym that had opened up and I loved obstacle course racing. I was training really, really hard for them in Toronto. And I was like, okay, let me go check out this gym. And I walked in and the first words that I heard was havoc incoming. (laughs) And havoc is a German shepherd husky that look, he looks like a wolf basically. And he was just like barreling towards me. Um, so I met havoc first. Havoc is Mike's dog. And, um, I then looked up I, and I saw Mike and we had, we started chatting, but I was actually dating somebody at the time. So I wasn't even interested in even thinking, um, about other guys. And we just had a really great conversation, walked around the gym Um, I did a workout on my own and he was kind of like following me around, but not really. Um, Now that I think about it, he totally was following me around. (laughs) And um, I live with multiple sclerosis um, and my only symptoms are when I train, I lose um, sensation in my, um, in my hand, my right hand. So I was on the monkey bars and I was having trouble gripping and I was getting super frustrated. So he came over and we were chatting Um, and he was really curious. He knew he had followed me on social media and he knew I lived with MS. I share it publicly. And so we were just talking about how I take care of myself and all the things that I do. And it was just a really lovely conversation. And apparently I walked out of the gym that day and he turned to his friend and said, I'm going to marry that woman. Um, so that is how we met. And then we did, uh, we did Facebook chat. Um, I ended the relationship I was in. Um, a little bit, um, a few months after we had met, although no kind of coincidence. Um, and as soon as he had found out that I was single, he raised his hand and said, excuse me, but I want to be with you. (laughs) And 
Um, and then uh, around the Christmas holidays, we started dating. So three short months after we met, we started dating. Oh, that's really cute. And so how, so three months after you met, you started dating. And then when did this proposal come about? So this is our, uh, like our quick story, I guess, in like one minute, but three months after we met, we started dating. Three months after we met, I moved from Toronto back to my hometown of Ottawa and in with Mike. Wow. And then um, that was April, 2016, and we got engaged in September of 2017. Wow. Yeah. You guys just knew. So he knew right away when he met you, obviously. Oh, he totally did. So yeah. what about you? What, what was your feeling? Um, I was... I was in a relationship that was like coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I decided to end it, I was, I was still hurting, but I knew that that wasn't the right relationship for me. And then Mike raised his hand. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I want to be with you. I need, I need you to know that like right away, I'm not passing this up. And I was, I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a little confused. Um, and I had been in and out of tumultuous relationships. And as you um, hinted, as you introduced me, I was actually engaged to be married in 2012. And I ended up calling off that wedding a month before and left that relationship, which was very toxic and started healing. And throughout my heat, like quote unquote healing journey, I kept meeting guys and getting very disappointed. Like I attracted a very similar type of person. And so it was actually the year after I was diagnosed. I said like, I'm one, I, I don't know how to date. I don't know how to tell somebody that I have MS. So I'm just going to stop dating. <laughs> that was my decision to oh, stop. Boy. It was to stop dating and to learn how to take care of myself. And mm-hmm. in the process, I actually started dating one of my friends. Um, and it was just a very good relationship. It taught me how a healthy relationship is. Um, and it taught me what, like what was possible that I didn't have to like hide my MS from people that I didn't have to hide that I was still healing from calling off, um, the wedding back in 2012. So when I, when I met Mike, I was actually, um, I was really truly falling in love with who I was. And, um, I really truly was a lot more comfortable with who I was as a person. Um, and was able to still like raise my hand and say like, I'm scared. Like I still have a lot of fear and anxiety about some things. Um, and he was just like, okay, that like your past is your past. Cool. We'll deal with it together. Um, but he never made me feel ashamed for, um, my past, what I went through. And he never made me feel ashamed or feel guilty for still like still feeling, uh, feelings of hurt or pain or sadness or grief. Like he's always held space for those. Um, and, um, so that I think was probably like the, the best thing was he, he held space for me to, I like to say like, he knows how to help me unpack. Um, wow. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, we all have baggage. We all have suitcases that we like to drag around, but he knows exactly like how to hold space for me when I need to unpack. I love that. So tell me a little bit about your journey of the love lost part that actually was so deep and profound for you that you wrote a book about it. Um, So I, uh, in my late 20s, like, uh, I guess like subconsciously thought I needed to be married and have children by a certain age. So I am um, 35 right now, and I called off the wedding when I turned 30. 
And so at that time I was in a relationship and I was just like pushing through it, trying to make it work because I believed I was supposed to be married and have babies by 30. Um, and I thought even 30 was late. And so I, I had ignored a lot of warning signs and I call them warning signs and red flags that I, that I talk about in the book in terms of things in the relationship that like when they came up, I should have said, no, this is not okay. Um, you know, this, this is not okay. Like, why am I still, I, but I hid them. Um, I was embarrassed about them. There was so much, I didn't know who to tell. Um, like I couldn't even tell my parents. I couldn't even tell some of my girlfriends. I was just so ashamed that it was happening behind the scenes. Cause I had a picture perfect life. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was wedding planning and posting Pinterest images and like behind the scenes, I knew my ex fiance at the time was cheating on me. Oh. Um, And so those are the things that like, you just kind of like, I pushed them under the rug and I was like, no, I can fix this. Like I'm stronger than this. You know, we can get through this. The wedding day is going to be like a a really happy moment. And then we can get back to like fixing our relationship. Um, And I ignored a lot of things. So I wrote the book because I know that I'm not the only one. And I know that I'm not the only one that um, feels embarrassment or shame around a relationship not working. Um, and so I wanted to create a dialogue and tell my story so that someone else reading it could be like, oh, she experienced this too, or like she experienced this similar to mine. And so we share our stories and we share chapters in our lives to create that kind of connection with other people. But the majority of the book is these eight um, steps that I took to heal. And so many people kind of ask me like, well, what did you do your first summer single and stuff like that? So I really wanted to create it for all of the, the ways that I found a life that I love. Um, you know, so I shared the self-development books that I dove into. Um, I shared about like going to therapy and how that was a massive important part of my healing journey was being able to talk to a third um, party that is impersonal and like doesn't know you. It's not a friend. It's not your mother. Um, and, uh, I talked about creating seasonal bucket lists. Like that was one of the most amazing parts of the journey that I still have in my life today is like, I needed to figure out how to be single, how to go on dates when I was ready to, um, and how to rekindle friendships as well. So, um, that, that's like the main part of the book. That's my favorite. Yeah. And that's also key because when a wedding is called off, it is very painful. It actually happened to me. Um, my wedding was called off three weeks before the wedding. Now at that mm-hmm. point, everything was done. Honeymoon, everything was finalized. And the emotional toll of that, I truly can appreciate because I've been there mm-hmm. and what are people going to think? And how do you even let people know that this wedding is called off and how do you pick up and move on again? You're going to have people three months later that say, Hey, how was the wedding? And you have to say, well, it was called off. That's very painful. So when you're talking about coming, coming back from that, there is a healing process that you must go through. And this book was it just touches upon so many fantastic ways to do that. And for example, I love the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're single. You are not planning on being single. What are you going to do? So you made a summer bucket list. What are the things I want to do for myself this summer? What will move me? What will excite me? And through doing those things that make you feel good, you begin on this path of healing. Mm-hmm. And so this book came about, you grew, and you're such a 
insightful woman. And so this book came about, the book is great. And then you meet Mike and then here you are in these wedding plans. Mm -hmm. So where are you now (laughs) with the wedding plans? I mean, your weddings are just a few weeks away. Yeah. So we're almost a month out. Um, I was going to say like, it actually like completely ties so well together because, um, seasonal bucket lists or something like I make a summer and a winter one because I'm up in Canada and our summers can be, or they can feel short because they're only mm-hmm. like four months. And then our winters can be really long and draining and cold and miserable. Yeah. So I wanted to like make sure I still got out and enjoyed myself. And when I met Mike, I actually, cause I would share my bucket list with guys. Um, I would use them as like first date tools. I'd be like, here's my bucket list, like pick something on the list and we'll go and do it. Um, cause I hated the coffee or the dinner dates. Cause I didn't want to sit there and interview someone. I wanted yeah. to go and have fun with them. And so I met Mike and we started dating over the Christmas holidays. So we were in the middle of my winter bucket list and he actually added to it. He's like, you don't have winter camping on there. And I was like, I don't want to go winter camping. <laughs> camping. Um, and then he's like, yeah, you do. And it was actually like one of the best, um, dates that I've ever had one. Cause I fell in love with Mike, but, um, it was just so cool. Cause he pushed me out of my comfort zone. He completely like planned it and, Um, even because I have a very careful meal plan with living with MS, he even like planned the camp meals that I could eat them all because it's very difficult to eat the way that I do camping. Um, And so we went camping with Havoc, our, so our now German Shepherd Husky, who I fell in love with. I like to joke around that I fell in love with Havoc first. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was like, the fact that like he wanted to add to my seasonal bucket list meant that like he was the right person for me. Um, and one of the reasons why, you know, we, we call each other like adventure partners in crime because we both like, that's one of the, one of our values is going out and doing things and having adventures. And so that was kind of cool to use that as like a dating tactic. Um, but find out that it's something that we can share in life. Yeah. Um, and that's very so, special. He seems so insightful to you, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, even down to making sure the food and taking care yeah. of you. And what a beautiful, beautiful uh, match this is. Yeah. We, uh, we joke around that. Like, so he saw me naked for the first time, but not in a sexual way. Mm -hmm. Um, and which I like joked around with my friends and they're like, are you kidding me? Because when you go camping in the winter, you basically have to get into your winter sleeping bag naked. And I was so cold that I was physically having trouble taking off my layers. So he actually like had to strip me and throw me in my sleeping bag. And I'm like, all right, well, that was awkward. (laughs) Um, But when you like, when you can do those things with another um, person and not be like truly embarrassed about them, then they're kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, Totally podcast aside here. I have to ask, why do you have to be naked in a sleeping bag? I I couldn't do it. I'd, I'd be too cold. I'd have 10 layers on in the sleeping bag. The way that the winter sleeping bag works is it actually um, keeps your body heat within the sleeping bag. So usually when you're wearing layers is um, they don't wick like sweat away from your skin properly. But Mm -hmm. when you're in the sleeping bag, your body heat is like your body heat is enough to keep you warm. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm doing 10 (laughs) layers in the sleeping bag for winter camping. I don't care. So tell um, me about this wedding that you have planned. This yeah. sounds pretty amazing, this plan that you have in the works here. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so we um, we got engaged in 
September. Oh, and, yes. Let's talk about this proposal that was okay. amazing. Yeah. Yes. It, it like crosses off a lot of like bucket list moments. Um, so Mike and I love hiking. And um, for the past two years, we've gone out to um, Alberta and uh, British Columbia um, to hike in the Rockies. And um, our, the first year that we met, he and I moved in, he actually said, like, if I can have my way, we'd be engaged by the end of the year and married next. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and as someone who uh, is a romantic, like, I loved hearing that, but I was also terrified because in my healing process, I had given up on timelines because timelines is what got me into the first mess in the first mm -hmm. place. And so I said, you know, like, I can't have a timeline. I can't, you know, be expecting to be engaged and married by a certain time because I've thrown that out. Like, if you are my person, that is amazing. But like telling me that we're going to get engaged this year, you've now put that idea in my head. And um, we actually like joked around that like he shouldn't have done that because he didn't end up proposing until the next year. And so at <laughs> At the end of the first year, I was like, you gave me a timeline and you didn't hold up to it. He's like, babe, I just don't have enough money for the ring. I'm like, well, then <laughs> so, like, we joke around because there's, there's things that like guys like to say, because I think they're, you know, they're being taught by romantic comedies that they need to be expressive and, but then they like, then reality hits and they don't tell you that like things have changed. They just like keep going about life. And right. They'll propose next year or whatever. And you're and sitting. Somehow there. you knew that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it was funny because I was a little like perturbed on like New Year's um, Eve. And he was like, I know why you're annoyed. I'm like, Oh, do you? <laughs> He's like, yes. Cause I haven't proposed yet. I'm like, yep, exactly. Cause you gave me a timeline, but we joked around and I was like, no, like this is another lesson for me to like not have these expectations. Um, so when we went out to the Rockies this year, I actually thought, cause we've talked about getting engaged on top of a mountain. And so our very first hike, I like get it in my head. I'm like, oh, well, he didn't propose last year. So he's going to propose this year. And we're doing, um, we're doing a hike. We get halfway up and we see this other hiker um, and she wouldn't leave us alone. Like she just was ch super chatty and just like she stuck with us. And when we got up to the top of the, the mountain, Mike's handed her, he brought his really nice camera, which he never does hiking. And he handed it to her and said, can you take a picture? And I was like, oh, he's for sure proposing like secret photographer. This is it. <laughs> and he puts his arm around me and we just take a picture. And you can see in my face that I'm totally annoyed. Um, <laughs> I've, I've shared that picture on Instagram and um, as we're hiking back down, like I'm giving myself a serious talking to, and it was probably out loud. Like, why are you doing this? You're creating expectations again. Expectations always lead to disappointments. Like, just stop thinking about it. He'll propose when he proposes and you know, it's going to be amazing. So stop it. Yeah. Um, and I think so many women like we're like that because, you know, we like, we're told by society that you have to get the ring. You have to get the husband. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I have these things and they are super nice, I stare at the ring every single day. Um, but I still have a lot of work to do about ensuring that that is not my reassurance that what I have with Mike and what we have in our relationship is not based on the, like the milestones and the society moments, because that's what gets people into trouble in the first place. True. Yeah. Um, 
So I gave myself a, real, a really good talking to, and two days later, we were supposed to hike um, the mountains called Haling, um, just outside of Canmore, Alberta. And we were supposed to hike with two people we had met um, the previous year at, um, at an event we had attended. And so I wasn't thinking anything of it, but I think six months ago, Mike actually mentioned that I had said this. I don't remember saying this, but I said, you know, if you really want to plan an effort proposal for our trip this year, you should contact our friend Anisha and have her help you. I don't remember saying this, but apparently he did. Okay. Um, so it's about a two and a half hour hike up the mountain and we were rushing to get there for golden hour, which is sunset. Um, which I now know is like a standard term in the wedding industry because everybody wants golden hour shots at their wedding. Right. Um, so we're rushing to get up the mountain and our friend Anisha starts telling me about how she met this photographer two weeks ago on a hike and he's amazing and they're going to hike with him again. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the story. Um, <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it. She was prepping the stage. Um, and we get about three quarters of the way up and there's, uh, the path goes off to the right and it, you do like a ridge walk to make it easier to get up to the summit. But all of a sudden her boyfriend starts like heading straight up the middle, which is a scramble. And so every step you take, you slide, you know, a couple feet backwards oh um, and you have to really concentrate on where you're placing your footing. So I'm not paying attention to anything, but not dying. Mm. Um, and I'm the last one. I'm, I'm a slow hiker compared to some of my friends and Mike's already at the top. Like Anisha's kind of hiking with me, like trying to get me to go faster. She's like, let's go, let's go. I was like, I'm trying not to die. I'm really scared. Like, leave me alone. Like I was getting really annoyed. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden we're super close to the top. I'm still not looking up at who's at the top, but I hear Anisha say, Hey Robert, what are you doing here? And Robert is the name of the photographer that she met two weeks ago. I'm still not cluing in. I'm like, oh, cool. He's here. That's, that's awesome. That's, you know, a nice coincidence. And uh, he says, I'm just taking pictures for Travel Alberta. Um, she says, cool. Do you want to, like, are you doing landscape or do you need people in your shots? He's like, oh, I'd love to have some people in, in my shots. And I'm a social media kind of geek so I'm like oh cool like I'll be in them if you send me some <laughs> <for> Instagram <laughs> like we we do anything for the gram and so I get up to the top and I sit right on the edge of the summit and it's a sheer drop oh, on boy. one side and Mike tries to like maneuver close to me um he's like half sitting half kneeling because he couldn't like perfectly kneel where I was mm -hmm. um and I turn to look at my friend and she's got her phone up at her face. I'm like, Anisha, if you want to take a selfie, you need to pull your phone away from your face. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, she was like getting ready to record. <laughs> and so I still, <laughs> still hadn't clued in. Uh, and the photographer like starts snapping pictures. So I'm looking off the horizon, like trying to look nonchalant. And I say, um, like, oh gosh, it's so beautiful up here. Like, I, I wish we lived out here. Like, I wish we could hike every single day. Um, and then Mike said, would you like to hike with me for the rest of our lives? And that's when I like started bawling. Cause I <laughs> so I turned back and he was like semi sitting, semi kneeling with the, with the ring out. So, um, they did 
a really good job and we got a video and a professional photographer who shoots for National Geographic who took all of our proposal shots. Amazing. So, amazing. Yeah. So the photographer was a setup. Totally a setup. From what I understand, it wasn't easy to find somebody that wanted to go up to the top of that mountain. No, Mike, I think the number was like 14 or something. He contacted 14 photographers and no one wanted to do the hike. And he's like, do, do you guys not live in Alberta? Like, what is this problem? He even contacted someone. It was like mountain summit photography. And they said, no, we just take pictures of mountain summits. We don't actually summit them. <laughs> um, and then this is the really crazy thing. Um, after we got engaged and we took all of the shots, the photographer heads back down. We popped a bottle of champagne and we're sitting there um, drinking and another couple comes up and they're like, oh, what are you celebrating? And we said, we just got engaged. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. I'm a wedding photographer. <laughs> we're like, are you kidding? And we, we tell her the story about the photographer and not only this, but she also then says, oh, I would have done it for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness what are yeah. the chances after all that then there's a photographer on the top of the mountain yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so that was that was good was so cute. how far how long after that did you begin the wedding plans after the proposal so we, we started we started right away so the the other added element with like wedding planning and um it just engagement timing and all of that is everybody has like a comment on how fast you get engaged or how slow you get engaged or how fast you plan your wedding or yes. how slow you plan. And as soon as you get comments. engaged, everybody says when is the wedding. Yeah. Um, and so the added element into all of this is we got engaged September 14th. And on September 2nd, I had driven down to see my grandmother who is 98 years old. And um, she lost her husband a few years back and she's living in between um, two of her son's cities. So they're each like two hours away from each other and she's never picked up and moved uh, because she likes to be visited by both families. And so I was down visiting and I turned to her and I said, her name's Dorothy, but as a kid, I couldn't pronounce that. So I call her Dorsey. And I turned to her and I said, Dorsey, you know, like, I know you miss Papa. If you want to go and be with him, like, go and be with him. I've had 35 years with you. I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm sure the rest of the family will be okay. Like, I know you're lonely. I know it's not fun living in the city by yourself. And she turns to me and she's like, oh, I'm not leaving until you walk down the aisle. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which made me cry because yeah. I didn't want to put any pressure on Mike. And when I got home, I t we have very open communication. So I told him he starts crying because he can't tell me that he actually just bought the ring that day. Um, so that was a, a little extra special. So my grandmother's 98 and um, Mike's last living grandmother is also, um, uh, I think she's in like her late 80s. And so we both really, it's really important for them to be there. And so we wanted to, you know, do it the following summer, not like rush too much, but the, the following summer was a good a good time for us and um, we started going to see a whole bunch of venues pretty much right when we got back um, because I've already planned a wedding so I know exactly the steps that I took last time that right. I knew to do this time so I kind of like didn't spend any time reading the magazines or any of that like I just kind of knew intuitively what I needed to do right which is the bright side of having a breakup of a wedding is yeah. had some experience of selecting yeah. things so Listen, yeah. we'll always point out the positives. That's one of them. Yeah. So. 
and um, Mike wanted a barn wedding and I wanted a white tent wedding and so we started kind of looking at options for the venue and um, we went to visit Evermore which is one of the premier venues outside of Ottawa and they have converted the the Naismith homestead so it's the founder of basketball the inventor of basketball um, they've converted the old barn on the homestead to the the reception hall with gorgeous chandeliers inside the barn and uh, beautiful windows on one side and sliding doors and then they have a white tent outside for cocktail hour or your rain option and so it, it has the best of both worlds um, it's usually booked solid for like two years in a row um, but they had one Friday left and we were just like, okay, we'll take it. Like we didn't care. Um, yeah. so yeah, so we grabbed the last Friday available, um, and then started planning. Amazing. So tell us what you have in store for this wedding. It's just a mix of like all of the things on Pinterest that I have loved over the years. Um, and it was interesting cause when I called off the wedding in 2012, I took my wedding board and I made them private again. And I deleted anything on them that was associated with the relationship, but I kept the things that I loved, that like I've always pictured for the wedding. Um, and then as I started making my to-do list and creating it, I just wanted like simple, like everybody says like, what's the theme? I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I guess you could categorize it as like rustic elegance, but I, I, I don't even know if that's appropriate. Um, but I, I just kind of liked different elements of different things that I saw on Pinterest. Um, and so I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible but uh, keep all of the, the really like cute elements that I have loved over the years um, or cheesy elements or sentimental things like, you know, family, family wedding photos from our parents and our grandparents and um, stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, and also you have some DIY. Tell everybody about the hand lettering that you're doing. I will outsource pretty much everything. I'm a very like budget conscious bride, but I want all the things. So I, I try to stay budget conscious so I can have everything. Um, and I was getting quotes for calligraphers to do wooden signs for like the welcome sign, ceremony signs, like a, a dance floor rule sign, um, and it, like a card sign. So just to give kind of a, a picture. And the quotes were coming back fairly high and I had no problem with that but I had mentioned to one of the calligraphers that I was going to sell the non-personalized ones afterwards because you know wh why would you want a sign that said gifts and cards sitting in your house afterwards yeah you sell it to the next bride um, and then the price doubled so wow um because and I can understand this they see it as copyright um, so that's their copyright. And if you sell that board, then it's not a chance for them to sell a new one to that bride, which I totally get. But um, yes, <laughs> I won't get completely into it. So I was just like, you know what, fine, I'll teach myself how to do hand lettering within a weekend. I watched, I think, five YouTube videos, went to Michael's bought the supplies and my fiance is a woodworker and so he made the boards one weekend and I over the course of like one month I think I, I just made like one board a weekend I made 
for boards. Um, we even have been getting, uh, our wedding planner has been telling her couples that we make stuff. So we made a card box in June um, and uh, I'm going to do the hand lettering of the seating chart on an old antique door in August. So, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, so I've started, I've started a new side hustle on top of all of my other side hustles. <laughs> hey, that's great. That's how the greatest things begin from mm. a side hustle and it turns into something else. So, well, that's a really great segue for us to talk about other things that you're doing aside from your amazing book, is you have a fantastic podcast called the Alpha Female Podcast. Uh, amazing. Talk a little bit about that. So when people are done listening to this show, they can hop on over to your podcast. Sounds good. I think, um, and this, it ties actually perfectly into wedding planning is my biggest pet peeve is when somebody on Facebook reaches out and I haven't talked to them in a while and they go, how's wedding planning? And you're like, can you ask me about the rest of my life too? Like <laughs> I find it fascinating that wedding planning is the only thing that a bride or a bride-to-be is doing in their life. I was like, ask me about my side hustles. Ask me about all the things, because they're all happening. So I blog um, usually like two to three times a week over on robinbaldwin.com. And um, the third blog is usually like my show notes from my podcast. So I started the Alpha Female podcast in 2016, and it's just showcasing other alpha females. So an alpha female's in short, someone that's super ambitious, but knows that they need to take care of themselves first and foremost to be able to go after their goals. So we talk about work-life harmony because there's no such thing as work-life balance. And it's just simply like you pick your priorities. And then as long as you're healthy and happy, your priorities are your priorities. Even if that's like 90% work, 10% life, you figure it out. Um, so the podcast airs once a week, um, and I have a podcast editor and then I just, you know, take about an hour or two to publish the podcast a week. So I've been able to incorporate everything quite easily because it's like Mondays are podcast days, Tuesdays are blog days. And then like Wednesday, I'll do like two to three wedding planning tasks. So I just, you know, check one thing off at a time. So I kind of just like incorporated wedding planning as I would another side hustle. Yeah. And that's amazing. And staying on track and organizes everything. And you are, I mean, your wedding is a few weeks away and you sound very calm, collected and on track. How do you feel right now? Like give us a snapshot of a bride a few weeks away from your wedding. How are you feeling? So I'm, I think I have a mixture of emotions because we haven't hit the one month out mark yet um that's yeah like that's coming next week we're recording this on july 9th and the one month mark out is like july 17th mm -hmm. and so um i i've had fears kind of pop up like what happens if we we call this off even if it's completely unfounded my brain you know the monkey brain or whatever you want to call it just it goes there sometimes and especially you know a lot of women are we're really good at making up stories, even if they're not true. So yep. I'm kind of like, you know, don't get excited yet. You're not at the one month mark. Like you haven't made it further than you did last time. Like don't, don't get excited. So like, there's a part of me that's kind of trying to like diminish it. And then there's a part of me that like, you know, texts 
a bridesmaid and is like, I'm really freaking excited. Like it's almost a month out. Like I'm going, I'm going to be marrying Mike. Like I'm so excited. So I have like this kind of split personality of being someone who was known for such a long time as the girl that called off her wedding and found the life that she loves, especially when I was marketing the book. And now I'm the girl that's found the love of her life and is getting married. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to be both people. And I'm uh, like, there's almost a part of me that's, tr I'm trying to separate the two instead of just like, uh, it's the same girl. Yeah. Um, so I'm having trouble with uh, the two of them. Um, and I think that's the best way is like trouble is like, I'm, I'm just making up stories. Even if no one, like, it's just in my head, like nobody cares that I was the girl that called off her wedding in 2012. And now I'm planning a second one. Um, I was talking to a friend who is in the midst of a divorce and she's like, I can't wait to plan my next wedding. And I was like, that she just had such a good perspective. Like, I don't know why I'm so hesitant to really love it. Um, and so over the course of the year, like every single day I write down an affirmation, like I am safe and secure and I am, I am safe to enjoy wedding planning. And now it's, I'm safe to get excited about the wedding. Yes. Um, Cause that's what, it's just what I need. And at least I can be self-aware that that is what I need. Yeah. And also allow yourself the permission to be happy. You have, give yourself that permission because it sounds like you're a little worried that if you are happy and excited that you're, you know, you're worrying about the other, other shoe to drop, but yeah. we have to live life, especially as alpha females, brave, bold, and just going for it. Follow mm -hmm. your gut, follow your heart and unpack that suitcase and allow yourself to be happy because in this next month, I'd love for you to feel all these moments without any worry. Yeah. You know, just letting go of the past. It just sounds like everything's set up so beautifully. Your perspective and you're so smart and the things that you've been through, you've learned so much. So all of those things, I understand how they kind of creep over your shoulder as worry because I went through that. I had my wedding canceled three weeks before and then years later I did get married and I was in the same position where the few weeks before I felt the same exact thing. Oh, well, I haven't gotten to this point yet, so I shouldn't yeah, don't be get too excited, excited yet. <laughs> because this wedding could be canceled too. I've been there. I totally get it. And then you have to allow yourself, no, I am going to be happy. I'm not even going to worry. And whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I'm going to embrace it, get through it, enjoy it, and, you know, have an abundant joy. And mm -hmm. just, just keep remembering that. And I know that you will because you're so smart and you wrote that book. And allow yourself to be happy. And that goes for all the brides that are listening. Allow yourself to be joyful. I think, too, brides worry, well, if I'm too happy, people will feel that I'm selfish, that I'm all about my wedding. This is your wedding. It is actually okay to celebrate yourself. Your whole family is celebrating this moment. Uh, don't be shy and feel everything that's going on in your life right now, for sure. Um, Robin, so we're going to touch base with you again after your wedding, because everybody's going to want to hear how this went. So uh, her wedding is August 17th, 2018, and we're in July right now. So we'll, Robin, we'll go on our honeymoon, and then afterwards we'll touch base with you. Where is your honeymoon going to be? We're doing three weeks in Europe amazing yeah okay so we're gonna have to touch base with you in september to hear all mm -hmm. the details sounds good robin any other advice that you have to share uh, or any words you would like to say to other brides that are in your position do not use the words 
stress at all in your vocabulary. You're going to throw them out because this is a most beautiful time in your life and you're party planning a really, really fun and epic party. Um, so there is no reason why stress should live anywhere in this time period. I think it's something um, that you see in so many like email and blog posts and whatnot from different uh, wedding media, um, like how to avoid it. And it's just some, it's, it's something that you don't need. So make it fun, you know, figure out the, your best way of planning so that you are checking off that to-do list in a way that feels like full of ease and joy. I love that. That's excellent advice. Focus on the fact that you're going to create an epic party. Everybody's going to have an amazing time and don't get wrapped up in the word stress and I love that, Robin. That's terrific advice. Throw that word out. And mm -hmm. I have actually used that word a lot too. You know, wedding stress, stress, stress of the bride. And maybe you're going to help me change my ways here because <laughs> we want to eliminate even focusing on the stress. Let's eliminate any of the negativity and focus on the things that we can do that are positive and that are forward thinking and that are abundant and joy. Mm -hmm. um, Robin, thank you so much. I can't wait to hear about your epic party <laughs> and uh, all about it. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. We'll touch base with you in a couple of months and have an amazing, amazing wedding, Robin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And before we go, let's give everybody some links to find you some email addresses too, please. Sure. So you can find me on robinbaldwin.com and then the best place to see you know, the epic proposal shots. And I've been sharing all of the engagement shots as well. And then of course, there'll be lots of wedding stuff. So um, Instagram is at Robin Baldwin and Robin spelt with a Y and Baldwin's B-A-L-D-W-I-N. Check out her book, check out her podcast and be sure to tune back in in a couple of months to hear about all the details and hear how everything went. Robin, thank you so much for today. Have an amazing wedding and we'll check back with you soon. Sounds good. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you could message me, April Kelly, at makeyourweddingamazing.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Share it and subscribe and leave a review. That would be amazing. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time. You can give me every dime you saved for Sunday An open door to a path that's made of gold You can give me everything I ever wanted But there's nothing else I need when you're home The feelings seem to be more than my head And the dust inside my heart that I collected Clearing the old me upon the shelf Set me free and tried to chase some rainbows Set me free